Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Amen. Are you happy tonight? It isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord together? Isn't it great to be in worship and worship the Lord? Hey, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 12. It's our 19th sermon in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. And tonight I want to slow down a little and reread our passage that we dealt with two weeks ago. And I want to lay a foundation for uh, the spiritual gifts and, and really try to gain a, a better understanding of the nature and the use of, of these gifts. Now, as you know, I, I normally preach out of the New Living Translation. I like the New Living Translation. I preach out of it majority of the times because I like the, the ease of, of the read and things like that. But how many know with, with any translation, sometimes you miss a little bit. So it's good to use some other translations to do comparison. So let me encourage you in your own Bible study, get a couple different translations like the King James, the New King James, the, the NIV or the NLT, and, and, and read out of several of them and a passage, and it will often bring a little better understanding because the translators sometimes will use a few different words of how they translate the, the original. And depending on the translation, sometimes it may not catch really the heart of what the author is saying or the original text is saying. But I, on a personal note, prefer the New Living Translation preaching from and also reading from because of the ease of the translation. But I also find it sometimes that referring to other translations are important. So tonight, I'm going to read our passage. We're going to read verses 1 through 11, but we're going to concentrate on verse 1, verse 4, 5, and 6. And I'm going to read out of the New King James this evening. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, I want to bring something out. Notice Notice if in your translation that word gift, it probably is italicized. If, if you have a King James, a new king is italicized. And when you see a word that's italicized, what it means is it was not there in the original. They've inserted it for clarity there. So it would actually read in the original, now concerning spirituals, brethren. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I, I, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this evening. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts to receive. And, and Lord, you give us a, a, a heart of understanding. And, and Lord, give us a hunger, a hunger for the things of God, a hunger for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, a refreshing touch of the presence of God. Lord, help us, Lord, to desire the gifts. And Lord, help us to operate in the gifts. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So let's talk, first of all, the background for spiritual gifts. And really, when you talk about the background for the spiritual gifts, you're really talking about a promise that the Lord Jesus gave before he left his earthly ministry. See, it was to be expected that spiritual or special spiritual enablement would be provided in order that the church might carry out the divine mission committed to her by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus instructed his followers to go, to go with the gospel, but first he told them to wait for the endowment with power from on high. Matter of fact, let's go to the, to the scripture and look. Let's look at the gospel of Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, look at verse 45, says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem that there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But notice what Jesus tells his disciples. Jesus said, but stay here, but stay here in the city in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So Jesus told the disciples before he ascended, he said, wait in Jerusalem. Stay into Jerusalem until I send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and he fills you with power. Anointing the Holy Spirit. In Mark's gospel, with the giving of the Great Commission, Jesus promised that these signs shall follow them that believe. Signs such as casting out demons, 
speaking with new tongues and recovery of sickness by the laying on of hands. And when Jesus announced his return to the Father, he promised his followers that he would send the comforter, that the Holy Spirit would abide with them, that the Holy Spirit would teach them all things, that the Holy Spirit would bring all his sayings, the sayings of Jesus to remembrance, and he would guide them into all truth. He would convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. And that the Holy Spirit would testify of Jesus. So, so when you talk about the spiritual gifts, you got to understand that there was a promise given by our Lord Jesus. That, that his disciples, his followers would be filled with power, with the anointing, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We, we, the, the word is baptizo, to baptize and to immerse in something. When we baptize somebody in water, we immerse them in water. Their whole being goes under the water. Immerse in baptizo. When you're baptized in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit, an endowment from power comes on high, from high, comes upon us. And we are baptizo. We are baptized, immersed in the power and the presence of the Lord. So, Let's talk about the promise fulfilled. It was on the day of Pentecost. The promised Holy Spirit was poured out upon the disciples who were waiting with visible and audible signs. And they began to speak in tongues and walk and operate in the authority of the Great Commission. They were, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they began to operate in the power and the authority of the Great Commission to fulfill that which God had commissioned them with. You have been commissioned by God to share the gospel. You've been commissioned by God to go into all the world. Your world may be Winter Garden. Your world may be downtown Orlando. Your world may be Central Florida. You've been commissioned to go into the world. But you also must receive an anointing, a power. You operate in the Spirit of God. And when we get talking about the gifts of the Spirit... What you're going to notice here, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is that, is that there is a gift for you, yeah. each of us, yeah. to operate in our God-given gift, but not in your talent. Talent will only take you so far, but in the anointing of God. that will, It will lift that talent even higher, and you'll go further than you ever thought. See, it's more than just... Proclaiming morality is more than just philosophizing, suffice, uh, talking about something and, and, and going deep intellectually. No, the preaching of the gospel, there's an anointing there that breaks the power of sin in a person's life. We need the supernatural activity of God in our life so that when we proclaim his word, our story, how he's changed our life, the anointing will pierce the heart of another individual. Can you say amen? amen. So Acts chapter 2, turn there real quick. It is the day of Pentecost. About 50 days after 
the resurrection of Christ. He's ascending. And here, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A couple of years ago, I had the privilege of being in the upper room in that same area where the disciples were gathered and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit fell and descended upon them. It was a great moment as we were there in the chapel and we were, we were lifting our voices and singing to the Lord. And that same Holy Spirit that, that fell 2,000 years ago, you could feel the same anointing and Holy Spirit in that place. When we sing, when we just came out of this worship, you felt the presence of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit that fills us. And aren't you thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the believers were totally enabled by the Spirit's power so that everywhere their ministry was marked by the supernatural. So the, the apostles were not mere guardians of orthodoxy. They were ambassadors of Christ equipped with divine capabilities and anointing. They had a divine work to do and they had a, a divine power with which to do it. And church, that is a must. It must always be this way. We must be a church marked with divine authority and power. So the church's mission is much more than, than just propagating a, a new philosophy or, or talking about a new morality. It is delivering men from the bondage of sin. It is binding and loosing in the name of Jesus. You remember the words of Jesus? Matthew records it in Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Second Corinthians chapter three, verses four through six. Paul says, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Hear that, saint. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. It's a covenant of what? Of the Spirit, the old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives what? Life. The spirit gives life. So church, when we are presenting our story and talking about Jesus Christ, understand we're not just propagating philosophy or new morality. We are delivering men from the bondage of Satan by presenting the truth of the gospel. 
And we must do so in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, certainly God honors and accepts all human talent dedicated to his service. And he enhances that dedicated talent with the Spirit's anointing, lifting it to a, to a new level. See, God can and does often take natural capacities and transform them into spiritual operations. You see this in the Old Testament when they were building the tabernacle. You saw where God had given men wisdom, certain abilities. They, had, they were gifted in, in craftsmanship, but, but it said that the Spirit of God came upon them. Yes. See, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you'll be able to accomplish more than, you, than your talents can ever take you. Amen. And church, we need the Spirit of God. Let me tell you what the Spirit of God will do for you on your job. It'll open up doors. The Spirit of God will, will, will give you favor. The Spirit of God will cause the favor of the Lord. When, when things are coming around, let me tell you what the Spirit of God is going to do. The Spirit of God will protect you. The Spirit of God will be a light shining through you. Some people may get uncomfortable with the Spirit of God in you, but they not understand why they're uncomfortable. It's really the convicting power of the Lord. Don't be offended by that. They don't understand it. They just know there's an uncomfortableness. Because the Spirit of God is here to convict men and to draw them to Jesus. Now, we talked about the foundation for, for the gifts. It's a promise that Jesus talked about, the endowment of power from on high, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, if you would. Talked about the fulfillment of that. The disciples were filled. They began to operate in the Great Commission, they began to operate in this anointing. You see Peter standing up just a few days before he was running and hiding and denying Jesus. And now he's standing before thousands proclaiming with authority and anointing. And 3,000 people got saved that day. 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost. Human effort cannot accomplish that. Only the power and the presence of the Lord can accomplish these things. So you see what happens when, when we begin to operate in the spirit, and the anointing, and the power of the Lord? So let's spend some time talking about the vocabulary of spiritual gifts. And this is why I wanted to read out of the New King James, because the New Living doesn't really differentiate some of the original words here. And, uh, and you kind of miss it unless you're going back to the Greek. You're going back and you're looking. So... We're going to look at some of the vocabulary that is used by Paul in the Greek to describe the gifts, and it helps you understand some of the source of the gifts and the importance and, and the anointing that, that is these gifts, that it's not just talent, that it's more than, than talent. So the nature of spiritual gifts can be determined to a large degree by the vocabulary employed to refer to them, the first seven verses of chapter 12 deal with the gifts as a class and provide a vocabulary of their description. Verse 1, let's read it out of the King James, the New King. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now notice that word gifts is italicized. So that's been inserted to help for a flow. I would not have you to be ignorant. Now know that this word gifts, again, it's an italics. It's not found in the original, 
So this first reference to the spiritual phenomenon called spiritual gifts classifies them merely as spirituals. The Greek word is pneumatica, pneumatica, and it's spirituals or things of uh, the spirit. Exactly the same descriptive is used in verse 1 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Pursue love and desire spiritual. Again, the word gift is inserted there as italics. So desire spiritual. These gifts of the spirit, desire them. F.F. Bruce in his commentary of 1 Corinthians takes pneumonica as referring to the persons endowed with spiritual gifts. The spirituals, in one sense, are gifts, but they are more than gifts, as we'll talk about. Now, look at verse 4. Let's read verse 4. The New King James says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Diversities. The New Living Translation says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. That spiritual gift, that Greek word is charismata, diversity of gifts, charismata. The Greek word for charisma, which is rendered spiritual gift, comes from the basic word charis, which means grace. So, so a, charisma, a charisma, a charis, a gift is an enablement, an endowment or blessing bestowed freely by God. It's by grace. You're saved by grace. You can't earn it. You can't, you can't work for it. You're not saved because of merit. It's free. He's given it to you just because he's good. So, so the gifts are, are just that. They are charismatic is, is a word that flows from there. Charisma. It is a gift of grace. So these are gifts that come from God's goodness, from Himself, They cannot be merited or earned. They are divine in origin. They are operated through spirit-filled persons. But in the real sense, they are gifts to the church, gifts to the body of Christ. For the ministry, for the edification of the body. We're going to talk about that. The purpose of the gifts are for the edification. So it is a gift coming from the grace of God to benefit the body of Christ, which is the ecclesia, the church. Now notice verse 5. There are differences of ministries, the new King James says. Or the King James puts administrations, but the same Lord. The New Living just uses there, there 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 are different gifts of operations, so, or kinds of service. So that Greek word administrations is diakonai, differences of administration. Probably a better translation is like the New King James, ministries. So let's talk just a moment about the origin source of gifts and the application. So the spiritual are gifts in regard to their origin, in regard to their source, but they are ministries in regard to their application. He who exercises his spiritual gift in the body ministers to the body. So the gifts are there to minister to the body, to to minister, to serve the body. There are many kinds of ministries as there are many 
spiritual gifts and spiritual offices. The gifts are not merit awards, nor are they bestowed primarily to benefit the possessor. The Spirit imparts the charismata that there might be ministry to the body, to the church. So it's not a badge of honor. It's not even sometimes, it's not even a badge of maturity. Sometimes you'll see, and this is where people get a whole lot of mixed emotions because the person that operates sometimes may not have a lot of maturity. And then their lack of maturity causes people to frown upon the gift. Understand. God in his wisdom, God in his sovereignty has chosen to flow through earthen vessels. Earthen vessels are marred. Earthen vessels have cracks in them sometimes. Now, understand, when we do operate in the gifts, we should be mature. We should be walking in maturity. There's no excuse. This, or I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That has become an excuse to remain the way you are. I understand we are sinners saved by grace, but when it becomes a cliche just for us to excuse so we can bless somebody out or remain who we are, then that's a problem. We should always be maturing and growing more like Christ. Amen? We should always be coming. So, so just because you may have a given, you operate in a gift, you haven't arrived, sister. You haven't arrived, brother. Hear me. I haven't arrived. We must continue to grow in our likeness of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So look at verse 6. The New King James says there are diversity of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. The New Living Translation says God works in different ways. So that word there in the Greek works and activities is the same Greek word. The the King James uses uh, the word diversities of Operations. So that word operations in King James is the same Greek word that the new King James translates as activities and the new living translation translates as work. Enigmata is the Greek word for operations. It means action, activity, operation. There are diversities of operations. The spirituals are operations in the sense that they are gifts and ministries operated by the Holy Spirit. Operated by the Spirit of God. The Greek word for operation is energema, which means active principle or effect. The English word energy comes from the same root. The spiritual gifts are activities of the Spirit bringing spiritual effects They are operations energized by the Spirit producing effects in the body. So hear me, a gift that does not operate nor minister nor produce an effect is of little value. Let me say that again. A gift that does not operate nor minister nor produce an effect is of little value. The gifts... There's diversity of operations. It's the Spirit of God moving. You'll notice when we get to chapter 14, 
It talks about the gifts operating, that when unbelievers come, they will say, God is in that place. When the gifts are used, there are operations of the Spirit of God. It should, it should move us. It should speak to us. The body should be ministered to. Notice verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The new King James. Manifestation, notice that, is the word. The new living translation says a spiritual gift. Again, it uses the word gift. So that's why I wanted a different translation. Because as you read in these verses, sometimes it translates the English word just gift. And you think, well, that's just the same. But there's actual different Greek words there. The King James says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Manifestation. The Greek word is phanerosis. The Greek word means a clear indication of the existence or presence or nature of some person or thing. A clear indication of the presence or existence or nature of some person or thing. Manifestation of the Spirit. A clear indication the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is in that place. Every operation of the spirituals, of the gifts, is a manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation is defined as outward evidence. The gifts of the Spirit bring the Holy Spirit into outward evidence in the body. So when you and I are using our gifts, serving one another, when you and I are using our gifts in worship, when you and I are being used and there's manifestations of the Spirit, hear me, it's the outward evidence of the Spirit of God moving in the body, the church. So the operation of the gifts causes the believers to be aware of the presence of God, often producing the effect of praise and worship. You've been in a service when there's been gifts used. Sometimes to our own fault, Pentecostals, we think there's only two gifts. We don't really think that. But you only see two gifts operate a lot. And that's speaking in tongues and interpretation. You have seen that. You've also seen gift of wisdom. You've also seen the prophecy gift. You've also seen other gifts operate. But for some reason, and maybe it's just an AG thing, it always seemed to be it was just Gift of tongues and interpretation, which is wonderful and great and glorious. But there's so many more gifts that demonstrate the power of God is here among us so that we can walk and operate. So the body of Christ can be equipped and encouraged and you'll know God is among you. So when you've been in a service where a gift has been in operation 
you'll often notice that it lifts the service, that there's a, a moment after when it happens, there's a response, there's a, there's a praise, a worship that breaks out, or there's a silence. Sometimes there's weeping and crying, and, and there's a, it's evident that God is in the house. We know he's always in the house because we're here. He said, I will be there with you. But there is, a, if you would, a consecrated presence, a moment when you feel. The Old Testament calls it the Shekinah glory. We like to refer to it as that Shekinah glory. It's, it's that almost you can feel it. It says, remember the old farmer would use the, it's as thick, I can cut it with a knife. Yeah. You've been in services like that. They're powerful. So operation of the gifts causes believers to be aware of the presence of God. So every spirit-filled believer is given some capacity for the manifestation of the Spirit. Verse 7 reads, the King James, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Some of you are scared. Some of you are, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a gift. To every man, seek the gift that God's given you. Or plural, gifts God has given you. Seek them. Seek to be used of them. You say, well, I, I just don't know if I can, I, you know, in a public manner. You may not use in a public manner, but you may use it in private ministry to somebody. You may use it, use it in a time of worship and ministering around the altars. I want you to understand from your pastor, you're released to, to operate and to work in the gifts that God has given you. But understand, as we grow together, that, 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 that God may help me, help you coach you in those things and how, how to grow in those things and how to become even, even, even uh, more productive in those things as your pastor and as your Shepherd. So the exercises of a gift is a manifestation of the spirit primarily, not of the gifted person. And the test of its genuineness is that it profits the whole body. If it's bringing glory to a person, then there's a whole lot of flesh mixed with that. And God might not be a part of that. It's to bring glory to God and it's to profit to profit the body profit the body is you the body is the church now look at verses 4 through 6 as a whole as you read this let me read the King James real quick there are diversities the New Living says different gifts but the same spirit there are differences of ministries but the same spirit there are diversity of activities but the same God who works in all. So the emphasis is on diversity and the Greek word there. So the, the idea behind the word diversity is that of distrib distribution, many, variety. So God does not intend that only a few gifts operate through one or two persons. God intends that you are used. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That you are used. He calls you ministers of reconciliation. He calls you Christ ambassadors. 
ambassador. You're on a mission. You are to fulfill the great commission. So sometimes we have allowed the gifts just to operate through one or two or three or four. And I'm, I'm thankful for those who are used often, but understand God intends to use you. Use us. Each one of us. So as your pastor, I want to encourage you, seek the gifts. Matter of fact, just seek Jesus, seek the baptizer, seek the Holy Spirit, and allow the gifts to flow through through you. Now, real quick, the last few minutes, the purpose of the spiritual gifts. The purpose of the spiritual gifts is the edification of the church. If the exercise of the gift does not edify and build up the body, then they become valueless. They don't have no value in them. 1 Corinthians 14, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 says the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Seek the gifts so that the whole, the emphasis is on the whole church, that the body will be edified. The New King James puts it this way. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Now, if you go down to verse 26 of chapter 14, the last phrase of that verse, let all things be done for edification, for the building up, for the encouragement of. The gifts is that the body may be built up and encouraged that we might become the body of Christ, that we might be ministered to, so that when we leave this place, we then become ministers to others. Also, let me encourage you this way. God wants to use you and your gifts in the marketplace. God wants to use you the manifestations of the Spirit through you in the marketplace, in the coffee shop, at work, at Walmart, Target. God wants to use you. There is a world that is hurting. There is a world that is lost. And there is a world the Holy Spirit is drawing to himself. Imagine what a follower of Christ led by the Spirit of God, flowing in the manifestations of the Spirit, has a word in season for a person struggling. Wow. Can you imagine being able to minister to a friend, to a co-worker, not really understanding what they're facing in their personal life, But you begin to be led by the Spirit of God and you begin to speak words that are rhema to them, that speak to their moments, speak to their crisis, that speak to what they're facing. Can you imagine the explosion of the spiritual life that will be in them? They realize, God sees me. 
Imagine the opportunity you can have to lead that person to Christ. I want to encourage you. Seek the gifts. Don't be afraid of the gifts. Don't be afraid of misusing the gifts. Can I be honest with you? I'd rather see you misuse them a little bit where I can help correct with godly guidance so that you grow and mature in that gift and use that gift than for you never to use it because you don't want to misuse it. I have a saying, I'd rather have a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. Because if you know anything about fire, you can contain some wildfire, but you can, it's really hard to start fire. So often we are afraid, so we hold back. And I want you to hear this from your pastor, you at home and you are here. Don't be afraid. You are valuable to the kingdom. You are valuable to the church. You are valuable to glad tidings. You are valuable to GT ministries. God has bestowed gifts in you. Be released to use those gifts. Because church, I believe the best is yet to come. I believe God is pouring out his spirit in these last days. And I believe there's going to be a great manifestation before the Lord returns and a great harvest. Can you say amen? Can we stand together tonight and just worship the Lord?